Hi, I'm Vogue Williams, your host for Taboo Talk, the podcast brought to you by Boots that ask the taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to. This week, we are discussing a problem that affects over 20 million people in the UK, yet it's something that most of us are just too embarrassed to talk about. Incontinence, or to put it another way, having a wee bit of trouble, excuse the pun, (laughs) sorry, with controlling our bladder. Now, today I'm joined by TV personality and presenter Fern McCann, who has spoken openly about struggling with incontinence since giving birth to her daughter Sunday. We're also joined by pelvic health physiotherapist and mum of two, Claire Bourne, who will be sharing her expert advice. Now, before we get into things, if anyone listening to this episode is struggling with incontinence and would like more support and information, always, always speak to your GP as a first port of call. You can also call the Boots Stay Dry Caroline on 0800 07. 23899 for free confidential advice on living with incontinence. Boots also has a range of products that can help manage your symptoms from absorbent pads, pants and liners to pelvic floor trainers such as LV. Plus, you can head to boots.com forward slash health hub to access the online physiotherapy clinic, PhysioFast online for convenient appointments and advice. Okay, let's get started. Okay, Claire, I'm going to kick things off with you. I want you to give us an explanation of incontinence. Absolutely. So I think we most commonly think of like urinary incontinence. So really, it's kind of leakage of urine at a time when we definitely don't want it. Yeah, we don't expect it. Now it can occur at different times. So there's kind of two main types that we'd often hear about. So stress incontinence, which maybe if you like cough, sneeze or laugh, or you're jumping or you're going for a run. And I think lots of people can associate with that one. The other one we call urge incontinence. And that's when you need a wee or you feel that kind of urge to go and you just don't make it to the bathroom in time. So lots of the time, women might experience this so you're like you get home from the shops your keys in the door and you're like oh my goodness I need a wee and you're sort of running to the toilet and you leak on the way so I say those aren't most two commonest times but it can also occur during sex and we call that coital incontinence as well so it's a broad topic it can also impact our bowels it can also um, we can have wind incontinence as well so it's a huge topic and I think something that loads of us can associate with at some point in our life but yeah that's kind of just an intro to kind of what it is. And so usually you'd associate it with old people and now that like as you get older you realise it's not just old people. Absolutely. And it can affect teenagers. So, you know, we have something called giggling continence. And I think we may all have known someone as teenage girls where you're at a sleepover. We've all had, you know, loads of fizzy drinks and someone's like giggling and they accidentally wet themselves. So, But that can be actually a big problem for younger girls. And then it can kind of happen at any point, 20s, 30s, 40s. I think you're right. We associate it as like, oh, once you're in your 70s, 80s or you've hit menopause. But it really is something that can impact any of us at any point in our life. Well, Fern, it's estimated that one in three of us will have a problem with uh, bladder control at some point and one in 10 will have problems with bowel control. And there's loads of us that are secretly suffering. Why do you think people are just so embarrassed to talk about it? Well, it is embarrassing, isn't it? There's no two ways about it. I mean, I'm sat here feeling so comfortable about talking about I actually call them bladder leaks. I don't think incontinence sounds very sexy at all. It just I prefer makes, a bladder leak. Oh, yeah. it literally makes me cringe. <laughs> and trust me, I've, I've spoke about incontinence live on TV and now on this podcast, which is great. So yeah, I'm going to go with bladder leaks. I think it sounds much sexier, but yeah, it is super embarrassing and. When I first started experiencing it, 
it was a joke amongst my friends who had had babies. And then the more I learned about it, the more I realised that I wasn't alone, one in three. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's just something that you just find uncomfortable talking about. And, you know, especially if you're out and about and you've had a leak or you've had a moment where you've coughed or bounced up and down on a trampoline or whatever and gone for a run. Jeez, I wouldn't go near a trampoline anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I took Sunday to oh, like, yeah, you know, those one trump- of those jump yeah. cities and I was just tiptoeing around the edge. <laughs> My friends looked at me and was like, yeah, we know what's going on there. But yeah, I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. It's embarrassing. And I think that's why... I'm really up for having chats like this because it's so common. It's not normal, but it's super common. And you're not alone if you're experiencing something like that. I think as well, like I'm going on to baby three and I think I only really started. I wasn't one of those girls to like wee when I laughed or anything like that. And it was all fine. But like when I was pregnant with Theodore, I remember being quite scared of what was going to happen. Like just worried that like I just wet myself the whole time after him. But there is things that you can do. But like it, childbirth affects people differently. So you you experienced a prolapse Bladder, is that right, Fern? Yeah. So I had a really normal labour. It went as labours kind of go. It was, I, I had a really positive experience. I really enjoyed it. I didn't have any complications. It was a vaginal delivery, but it went really smoothly. And yeah, like I said, no complications. So I wasn't aware that anything was going to happen after. And ultimately, when you have a baby... You're just concentrating on on them, aren't you? And not necessarily yeah. yourself and putting yourself first. And then as time went on, I noticed the leaks and then I went to see women's physio, I think that's what it's yeah. called, right? And found that I had a slight prolapse bladder, which explained a lot. And then was I was kind of horrified, to be honest, because I was like, wow, like, I just didn't expect it at all because everything went so well. And yeah. I think it's really important to go and just go and get it all checked out because yes, you're concentrating on looking after the tiny little human that you've just given birth to, but it's also important to look after you because it can really hinder and affect your day to day life, which yeah. is irritating. Claire, what, can you explain what a prolapse bladder is? And it happens during childbirth to some people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can, again, happen at any point in life. So again, pregnancy and childbirth often gets a big part of the blame. And it is a huge risk factor, but it is not exclusive just to women who have had children. But essentially, a vaginal prolapse, it can occur of any of your pelvic organs. So your bladder, your bowel, uh, the womb or the cervix can also drop down. So obviously for Fern in this, in this instance, um, it was a bladder prolapse. And I say a lot of women do experience that. But yeah, it's basically just one of your pelvic organs drops from where it should be and this is often due to damage to some of the connective tissue so it's sort of been particularly stretched or some impact on the pelvic floor as well during childbirth so yeah that's kind of what it is and most women report and I don't know what what you had Fern but most women report sort of this heaviness or this dragging sensation or there's this like there's something in my vagina that I just didn't feel before some women will have incontinence but they can kind of occur separately so not yeah. everyone with a prolapse will have incontinence they're kind of two separate 
conditions in many ways uh, but there is sometimes overlap as well i feel like though it kind of happens during pregnancy so it's like it's there's the myth that it just happens in childbirth as well but like actually i've just had to stop running because like i went running the other day and i'm i'm five months pregnant now and i just had to stop and i had to stop three times to wee and i was like there's not even any wee and i was like okay my running days are over because you forget there's like a baby bouncing down there. But as well, you know, women who have C-sections, because some women would choose not to have a vaginal birth because they think that that is what causes a prolapse. But actually, women who have C-sections can also have issues with their with their pelvic floor. Absolutely. Yeah. Sadly, there is nothing that means that we won't have problems at some point potentially in our life. Uh, and you're completely right. We all have to think about our pelvic health, however we birth our babies, whether that be for choice or, or kind of not in choice. But be- as you're, you're right, Vogue, the pregnancy has a huge impact on the pelvic floor. So we then think, okay, well, the baby's not come out through the pelvic floor. It must be fine. But I think that's sometimes when actually maybe later on we have problems because we don't think about our pelvic floor because we think we've got away with it. And then later on we have problems. So I think we all face it at some point. It just depends on maybe when. But you're completely yeah. right. And Fern, you were really young when you had, well, not really young, but you were young when you had Sunday. So did you know about like doing like pelvic floor exercises during your pregnancy or like the epino thing that you can get? Like, did you know about any of that kind of stuff? Well, yes and no. I I kind of didn't realise what it would have led to or what it wouldn't have led to if I did my pelvic floor exercises. My mum always banged on about it. She was like, are you doing your pelvic floors? And I just thought, <laughs> no. Like, you did, you did, I just was so ignorant yeah. to it. But no, I, I, I didn't have that much education on the fact that we should be doing them daily and that you can do them anywhere. I can remember once in school... And I think it was in an all-girl assembly and they was like, you can do them right now and look at your friend and you won't even realise. But then, you know, when you're you're in school, teenager, you're not thinking about doing your pelvic floors, let's face it, but you should. And I really regret it. I wish I was squeezing from the moment I was born, to be honest, because I wouldn't be sat talking about it now. But, um, yeah, I definitely actively try to do them as often as possible. Do you? Uh, Well, I'm doing them right now as you're talking about them. I'm like, yeah, I'll do them right now. (laughs) But actually, do you know what? I don't, when I, when I was pregnant with Theodore, I had that squeezy app and I was doing it the whole way up and really, really good. And, but I haven't done it with this pregnancy now. And I'm just thinking, God, I better, I better start doing it because (laughs) you forget that there's so much to think about. Like, God, you're wrecked anyway. And then you're pregnant and then you're thinking about the birth and then you have to think about your own health. But I suppose it's, it's really important and you don't want to, end up with your body not being exactly the way it was. It's not going to be exactly how it was, but like, I just want to, I don't have to worry about wetting myself after having this baby. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah. is always a fear. I remember as well having Theodore and like, I had ju- only just had him and it was the next morning and I was like, right, I'm dying to go to the toilet, but I'll get up and I'll change his nappy and then I'll go to the toilet. I got up to change his nappy and then all of a sudden I had weed on the hospital floor and I was like, what the fuck? oh my god that was the first time that it ever happened but actually pelvic floor exercises can get you so far but after childbirth is it really important for women to go and see someone like yourself Claire I think it can be really really beneficial I think 
It definitely if you have ongoing symptoms. So I think as you've touched on there, Vogue, like so many of us in those early days, and I'm not exempt, you know, I've had two children as well. And I remember being like, I should probably have this. This is my job. But my pelvic floor went through the same experience. And I totally had the same experience. And I was like, you're just horrified, aren't you? And you feel like you've yeah. aged about 50 years overnight. But yeah, I think if you have ongoing symptoms, maybe after six weeks, that's when we really should be trying to see a physio. If you absolutely can, unfortunately on the NHS, we can't see everybody at the minute. And I think this is where the, the the resources aren't quite there for what I feel we need for women. If you can afford to go privately, then absolutely amazing. I would always advocate for that because I think it can transform your experience. And as Van shared, that really helped her in her recovery journey. But it is available on the NHS. And I think that's an important message for everyone to hear that you can seek that support. Definitely. Do you know what kind of annoys me though? Because I know in France, women are like given yes. these six sessions, like these pelvic power sessions, which is this chair that you sit in. I went to a woman called Mummy MOT and she has like all this stuff and I was sitting in this chair that buzzes you and I, I swear I think that's why I don't have any issues because it just like she could tell me how much more back to normal my everything had gotten and um but in France they they get six sessions for free as soon as they have a baby and it's it's just not that's available amazing. over here. Do you know yeah. you can't tell though if anything's wrong down there is your partner. Now, this is something that I'm really <laughs> concerned about um, because it is like I'm, I'm, I'm a single woman, you know, and yeah. I was like, when it comes to doing the deed and having sex, like, are they going to know? And that whole, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but that whole term of like, you know, like a bucket, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like a, yeah. like a bucket vagina. It's, it it's so stupid. It, it's, it, I can remember boys saying it at school, like, oh, she's got a bucket. And I'm like, that's all I could think about yeah. when, when this, this woman, like my world stood still when she was like, I'm sorry to say, but that you've got a prolapse bladder. And I was like, oh, God, like what is going to happen when I then... <laughs> end up dating someone, having sex, are they going to think that of me? But they can't even tell. No. no. That I, haven't isn't. Any, I haven't had any complaints, put it that way. <laughs> but that is the thing, like, a baby, even if you have a vaginal birth, like, the baby comes out, like, in not that long. It's not like hanging around there for days, stretching you out. It's no. so stupid. But... Is dating awkward, Fern? Because you you spoke about being embarrassed by it. Like, how do you approach it with dating? Do you have to tell somebody? Does it get in the way? No. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them on a first date. Like, they just like, so I you just know. Think you need to know that I have incontinence issues. No, like, absolutely. <laughs> I'm cringing, so I'm going very hot right now. Um, no, that's not something I would declare on a first date. Definitely not. It's definitely not something you have to tell them. They don't realise. And I don't... I, Claire, I'm interested, though. You said that it can happen during sex. Yeah. Yeah, women can. I mean, it's a small percentage, but women can experience, like urinary leakage during sex and obviously that is just so hard to deal with and you know you're trying a big part of sex isn't it we need to relax and, and not be fearful to really enjoy it and be present and so it can be a huge show and if anyone who's listening has that problem please go and speak to your doctor they will not be shocked mm. or think you're completely alien because we've all heard about it um, and we just need to investigate your bladder we need to look at your pelvic floor because it, it really just depends what's going on for you as an individual but there absolutely is help but yeah it can be just you know as you say like embarrassing and, and really life-changing and then you lose your confidence in yourself and it's a 
bit of a spiral. So yeah, it can, it can really impact women a lot. I remember when I opened up about it for the first time, I had, for me, when I say it impacted my daily life, it was like the cardio and going for mm -hmm. a run and it kind of progressively got worse over time. But when, when I spoke about it, so many women were DMing me saying, you know, this has affected my relationship and things like that because you know, just to go back to the fact that we all find it really embarrassing. And I think mm. that definitely like going to see your GP or even speaking about it with a friend, because chances are you're experiencing something very similar. And I'm not saying for it to happen to me, but it did. And it does happen to me. And it's, it's normal. Like it is normal. So yeah. it's definitely worth talking about it. And, and because it could even save your relationship and just daily tasks. Yes. Just nice for yourself as well. What made you speak out about it, Fern? Um, well, I have filming First Time Mum, my show, it kind of encourages me to speak to experts and, and, and have those sort of conversations. And for me, I'm quite a, a wear my heart on my sleeve and quite an honest kind of girl and I want to have those sort of conversations. So I just use that platform to speak about something that I was finding, it's so funny, you know, something that I was finding really embarrassing. I'm just going to go and speak about it on my TV show for others to, <laughs> for others to listen to. But I'm so glad that I did, like genuinely, like it's, I still get messages today thanking me for, for speaking about it. And just, yeah, went to see, I think I went to see a mummy MOT and I'm definitely going to get that for, um, my friends that have babies because like it's you said it's amazing. not amazing it's such a good gift for um yeah. it's not always available like you said on, on nhs but like such a nice gift to go and well maybe nice i think it is nice because yeah. it's like like everyone always gets a gift for the baby and like if you're going to get your friend a nail voucher which I have gotten for friends in the past like that would be such a nice thing to do just pull together and for like not to scare them but like for a baby <laughs> shower here's your present to mummy MOT yes. but like I just think it'd be interesting but like there's so many different things that you can get as well like I had these weird buzzy tampons that like he was like yeah. honestly I'd be like they running back great. to bed yeah. <laughs> they're actually really good so like you would put it in I'd be like legging it back to bed so it didn't start buzzing before I was lying down and then you'd lie down and it would like do your pelvic floor exercises for you for half an hour oh. and like I know like I was literally like into it after Theodore and after Gigi and I was like I am not like I'm gonna get back to it like I can I can run and stuff like that I can skip I always find you know what I find tough ones I don't know if you two do um what are they called a jumping jack what the jumping hell jumping jack um, yeah. yeah yeah they're, they're an absolute no-go for me like <laughs> they are in, in, a no-go skipping for me too you just mentioned skipping yeah but I'm I'm gonna be honest actually because when I when I last spoke about this I'd said that it, it had definitely improved and it just shows that if you are religious with your squeezing, it can definitely keep it at bay. But now I, and I've recently got into running and I, ne I never had ever before. I'd never liked going on a run and recently got into running and I will have a full blown leak. Like it, it like really? it's, it's, it's kind of reverted back to just, but it's weird because it's not, this is, this is going quite graphic now, but it's not we. It's not yeah. like sat on the toilet going for a wee. 
it's just a, a leak. So I can kind of, knowing that I'm running back to my house and that I can change my leggings. Yeah. And I definitely have to, or like have a shower, but it's just one of them things now. Like, what do I give up something that I really love doing? I love going on a run. I love running through the forest. So freeing, like good for um, my mental state. Or do I pack it in because I'm having a full-blown bladder leak? I think that's what a lot of people might think of doing. And I think that like, if you're having those problems, you've just got to tackle it and you've got to go back to a mummy mm, MOT. You've got to, yeah. there's so many options, Claire. Like you probably see yeah. it all the time. As women, like we should be doing this until the day we die practically. Absolutely. I think what's so important is I think um, we often like bookend pelvic health or pelvic floor health for like pregnancy and post. And I always get with women being like, so when can I stop them? Like when, mm. when, when is this over? And really like I describe it like any other part of our health. Like we have to invest in that health. If we stopped exercising, our heart health or our bone health would also be impacted. So we've got to think about it as just like another part of our health, dental health. We've got to look after it. Right. And I think what you've touched on there, Fern, is that we need our pelvic floor to be fit for purpose. So it might be great that we can do our squeezes we can do them sitting but I'm a really big fan of like we've got to get women functional so if say you know they're like I can do my squeezes and sitting I can do a few in standing but I'm still struggling with running I'm like okay well how do we get from you being out your pelvic floor working in a standing position to running we need to build in impact gradually and that's what I do with women in clinic is like identify movements that we can do to build challenge that pelvic floor over time sometimes we're just not challenging women enough we're not doing enough as you say though you need to go back and do a bit more and it's sometimes a bit more complicated than just doing pelvic floor squeezes and so that's where the individualization of the program so I think Van, we could probably help you continue to get better it might just be that we need to I don't know, examine you in standing see what your pelvic floor is doing in standing can we like you talked about jumping jacks often we'll break them down to can we do some bits of that move yeah. and then we'll build up, you know? So there's, there is so, it's, it's so complicated, but um, there is, again, lots that we can do within that space if we support women. Right. When are yeah. you free, babes? Because <laughs> where are you based? Because oh, you I give need me to... my I'm in London. Anytime you're welcome. <laughs> give her the tampons. She needs the buzzy tampons. <laughs> I need the buzzy <laughs> tampons right. in my life. You'll get such a fright. <laughs> like, <"Woo!" laughs> Um But like most taboo topics, like I like that you said that I saw a girl running the other day and I was out for a run with Svenny and like, I just thought, oh God, don't wear like light grey trousers. Like she had fully like wet herself and I just felt so bad for her. But there must be times when you've done it that you've just had to laugh and be like, well, here I like, what's, where, where's the worst time it's happened to you? Okay, so I recently filmed for SAS, Who Dares Wins. Oh, yeah. Wow. And uh, I just didn't care. Like, I'd want it for... <laughs> I was, like, sacrificing everything to do well, and there was a really long run, and it was a stage where I, I had to kind of prove myself. But, yeah, I was wearing camo trousers, so you'd hope that they would camouflage anything. <laughs> but, um, I had a full-blown bladder leak and I was just like, yeah. I've, I've pissed myself. But you know what? I don't care because I, I've had a job, a task in hand that needed to be done and I got it done. But yeah, I guess in the early stages, like now I, I can manage it. And like with the, with the running, there's no way I would be going for a run in a light pair of leggings or shorts, which sucks because I love the, like, really bright colour gym gear. Maybe I can wear them after I come and see you, Claire. I feel yeah, like... Let's have... 
have it as a goal fern like those are good goals to have but, maybe um, i need to have like a beige leggings for my yeah. for my bladder <laughs> like no i just wanted to say this actually because this is someone described this to me Claire, you know, you were saying, like, it's an ongoing thing. You go and see the dentist. You don't just stop or any part of your health. So if you were training your biceps, for example, and you wanted to grow that muscle, like, the, the pelvic floor is like, I mean, I, I feel like I want to get this right, Claire, because you're listening. You but go for it. It's like a sling of muscles that support yeah. your undercarriage. So you wouldn't just stop training the bicep because then it would lose its muscle and it wouldn't have the strength and it wouldn't be as strong. And that's exactly the same for pelvic floors. And I think it's doing those exercises that it, it should be something that you do daily because it's a muscle, it's a muscle that exactly. needs to be trained. So, yeah. and I've always described it as it's a free gym membership because <laughs> you can go any time of the day Literally. and get squeezing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is Love so true. But like for do you not have things like that you could wear, like would you wear a pad out? Would that help? Can you wear those like pants out? Definitely. Like there's loads of different alternative products out there. I think pads are just the, the simplest. There's definitely bladder leak pads that are so super discreet no one would even know they actually look like sanitary towels so that's definitely something that I always wear when I'm in the gym when I'm training for me that's that's what I use I'm not sure about anyone else yeah I think the main thing that we advise and I'm really not anti-pads I think pads can really support a woman in the time when she needs it I think all I sometimes feel sad is that women women feel that that's the final thing for them like there is no other option I think until we've tried everything else we shouldn't settle Mm. but they can really help us in that time when we need them and as you say it really actually helps some of that embarrassment I think the main thing and is women that use pads that are designed for incontinence rather than like a period product because they are designed differently and sometimes women don't know that and actually that can impact sometimes the skin around the vulval area because it's not maybe as absorbent or in the right way so definitely finding the right pad that's designed for urinary incontinence but oh yeah as you say like the pants there are like incontinence pads that are like washable now from like different brands a bit more like um eco-friendly so yeah I, I think it's important to view them as a support as you kind of have already touched on Vogue like there's so many bits that can be part of that picture that whether it's a device or whether it's uh, some pads and and it's just about looking at you as, as a woman as a whole and what's going to support you the most do you think that everybody can like get to a point where they won't have to worry about wetting themselves mm-hmm. like fern like shouldn't feel like that when she's going for a run for example so you're quite confident you could get her back to like good pelvic floor health i definitely think we don't support women for long enough so mm. like don't get me wrong there are some women that do all the physiotherapy and all the pelvic floor and we just have to hold our hands up and say actually we've done everything we can maybe you need to go and speak to a doctor and, and surgery could be an option at some point in the future like we have to be honest it do- conservative management doesn't work for everyone but like what i often find is that we don't support women for long enough to help them train for long enough to get back for running so i guess I don't know Fern's full story, but I would hope that actually if we maybe not done enough functional training, so supporting her in the tasks that she wants to get back to, Mm. then I think we we need to exhaust that and try all of that before we say, this is just your life now. Mm. Um, And that's really where I think 
that's why I have a job, you know, because I think everyone can read about pelvic floor, they could get a device, but there's physios for a reason so we can do all those kind of more niche and integrated bits of training that sounds really good because it got to a really good place where i was experiencing less leaks and then i like i said i started running and i was like ah oh, okay so yeah this is my life now yeah that's exactly how i felt so yeah. you're saying yeah. you can fix me <laughs> yeah. I'm not a magician. I'm not a magician, but I would love to just make sure that we had tried all options mm. for you before you feel that. And like every other woman out there, like it's just, I would never want a woman to just feel like, well, that's it. There is just nothing else that can be done. I believe there's always hope and there's always something that we can try to do, even if that just makes some improvement, you know, even if it's like less leakage or only around your period or you know what I mean yeah. like we we can make so many different changes that can just make your whole quality of life better so yeah I would hope that there would be still things we might be able to do there's lots of stuff you can do at home as well like I find the yes. squeezy app is quite good I find the Amazing. LV little trainer is quite good that you can get so anyone could buy that it's just like it, it is annoying though like I'm not gonna lie like you don't think about doing them every day like and for and you said you go to the gym every day you should actually just think god I'll just spend a few minutes every day just doing some pelvic floor just when I'm watching the tv but you totally just forget mm. and it's crazy because you can do it anywhere I think it's something that you have to prioritize I just be disciplined with it like anything else that you ugh want to achieve and want to kind of yeah. keep at bay. You've just got to be consistent with it. Give yourself a goal and don't resign yourself to just having to like wear special underwear and stuff. Fern, how did you get to the point? Like what was kind of the the thing that pushed you over the edge to go and speak to somebody about it? Like I said, I think they just progressively got worse. It wasn't like overnight, like, oh my God, I'm having bladder leaks and I've just pissed my pants in public. It was... Okay, no, this is actually getting worse. And this isn't just a joke amongst friends. Like, oh, I coughed or I sneezed and a little bit of wee come out. It was like a serious kind of like, I think I was doing a Barry's boot camp class and I had to get off the treadmill and leave the class. And yeah. it always feels more, oh my God, everyone's watching, but no one knows. I mean, in that sort of class, no one knows what's going on. But I think that was the moment that, I was like, no, this this isn't normal. And I I was probably like 27 at the That's time, young. which which is young. And I was like, this for me, yes, incontinence. I did associate with the elderly. I didn't know a lot about it, so I was like, this isn't right. Like I was joking with my friends the other week, and I, you're telling me they're weeing themselves in the middle of a gym class. No, so I think for me that was the moment. And I love exercise. I love to train and and to keep active. So for me that was a massive impact on my life, and it was yeah like hindering something that I loved to do, and I didn't want to stop doing those cardio based exercises. And then like I say with my show, it's just it's such a great platform to be like, right, let's get an expert. Let's go and chat to someone. And that's exactly what I did. So glad that I did, actually, because, yeah, I've learned a lot about bladder. It is. It is really important, course. though. Yeah. But, but like men obviously don't have to worry about it as much as we do. But I do think it's important because it, not just for like awareness, it's just so that like younger women know as well, like this is gonna, this is something that's so important to you and it can get quite bad. While we're talking about pelvic floor exercises, Claire, 
Do you want to talk us through how to do one? Come on, Fern. We'll do. Let's let's do it together. Let's do them. Doing it right now. <laughs> and I'll be honest. <laughs> it, do you know what you've touched? About fifty percent of women are probably doing them wrong as well. So, like you know, we tell women to do them, but they're like, "Well, I'm trying my best, but I'm not sure." So, what we, for most of the average? Now we're not. We don't all fit into an average, but for most of us if we think about holding winds actually squeezing around our back passage that can often generate the best pelvic floor squeeze so the way i describe is i think about holding wind but bringing it forwards to your pubic bone at the front of the pelvis so not thinking directly up towards your head but like a forwards movement so like hold wind to the pubic bone and then let it go. That often gets the best squeeze. And that's how you do them. For how many seconds should you hold for? So we're aiming for up to 10 second holds. So you're meant to do like two types. So you've got somewhere you don't hold. So you just literally squeeze, fully mm-hmm. let go, and then squeeze, fully let go. That's one type. And then you've got the next type where you squeeze and then you're right, you hold for up to 10 seconds. But if you've not done them, like 10 seconds is a really long time. And you also have to breathe at the same time, which is a whole nother skill set. So like, I would say start three to five seconds, maybe build up to 10. And you're meant to ideally, if you've got symptoms, be doing 10 of each three times a day, which as you say, is like, that's a lot. And there's a lot to do as mums and maybe pregnant women. And yeah, so, but what we say is just, I'm always like, some is better than nothing. So even if you can just dedicate, maybe get your squeezy app, make it remind you, whatever it is, but that's the foundations that we would always start with. Realistically, it's less than 10 minutes a day and it really will help you. Yeah. When you break it down, but it's still, I, I, it's my job and I still forget. So, I mean, how awful is that? But it just shows that like life happens yeah. and we're all busy and you're like, we have loads of priorities. But I sometimes say, look, if you're doing your teeth, try and do something at the same time or like associate it with something like that that you do regularly. If you're a new mum and you're feeding your baby, do it with every feed. Like once it's associated with something, I do think it gets easier to just routinely do them and remember would you have any advice this is for both of you by the way for people that are new to just struggling with incontinence i would just say to someone don't just settle and think you know what i'm going to learn to live with it in silence because like we've spoke a lot today there's so much that can be done and don't underestimate the power of squeezing because If you're sat here thinking, well, I'm squeezing and I can't even feel anything. Like I remember once I put, um, I put a finger to feel the kind of the the tension and I couldn't feel anything. And I was like, there was just like no strength there whatsoever. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is bad. So just know that it can like it has probably progressively got worse, it can definitely progressively improve. I love that, Fern. I agree. And I think just make the call, go to your GP, like have that initial chat and just share, as you say, maybe talk to a friend, get a bit of confidence, uh, make the call, go to the GP. You won't be the only person that day that's probably spoken about this issue. So as embarrassing as it can feel, just know you're not alone. Make the call, get the appointment. And once you do that first step, everything else feels a lot easier. Yeah. And yeah, it can make all the difference, as Fern says. Well, girls, thank you very much. That was a lovely chat that we had. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. Thank yeah, you. I, yeah, it's important to bring awareness around it and just to get everybody talking about it. I mean, I don't think that we're ever going to get to a, a point where we won't feel embarrassed about it. But uh, it's definitely a topic that just more people need to know about for sure. So thank you. Thank you, oh, thanks, ladies. Such a nice chat. 
Wow, that was an absolute winner of an episode. We're going to have to wrap things up there and I'd like to thank Fern and Clara for joining us. I'm sure there are plenty of people listening who are breathing a sigh of relief knowing that they aren't alone. And listeners, just remember, close your legs when you laugh or sneeze, okay? If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate if you'd rate, review and subscribe because it makes a big difference and we would love to spread the word. Also, remember, if anyone listening to this episode is struggling with incontinence and would like more support and information, always speak to your GP as a first port of call. And you can also call the Boots Stay Dry Caroline on 0800 0723 899 for free confidential advice on living with incontinence. And don't forget, Boots has a range of products that can help you manage your symptoms from absorbent pads, pants and liners to pelvic floor trainers such as LV Plus and you can also head to boots.com forward slash health hub to access the online physiotherapy clinic. PhysioFast online for convenient appointments and advice. Eligibility criteria and charges do apply. <laughs>